Hello, it's Josephine here, your performing arts business coach, talent manager, speaker, and mentor. Today, I am talking about what we should be paying our employees. More specifically, what should we pay our teachers, our administrative staff? So we're really talking about that typical studio setup. You know, you might have a few people in the office. Maybe it's just you. What should you pay yourself? Let's talk about that. What should you pay your team? Sometimes we think that, you know, we look at the new generation of artists that come through and become teachers that graduated from college and they come in at really high rates, right? So they're saying, this is what I want. This is what I deserve. You need to decipher that. Is it what you want? It's not about being deserving. Is it about what your business can afford? Is it what you need? So let's talk about that because there are different ways to look at pricing your staffing model. There's different ways that you can look at how to pay your team. And there's a different approach and mentality when looking at what to pay your staffing team too. Okay, so there's no right or wrong here. This is about what works for you, but let's talk about how you can figure that out. Because time and time again, I'm seeing this conversation and this question come up. I'm seeing studio owners uh, posting in like private Facebook groups and communities online saying, hey, what does everyone pay their teachers? So let's talk about that. What rate of pay your teachers and staff should get? And when is it too much? All right, let's kick into the show. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck, to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion, and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Now, before we kick into today's episode, which I'm so excited about, I want to share with you my 90-day studio planning workshop. Now, this is a live online event that is going to be happening on January 24th. It's 90 minutes with me and I'm going to work through your 90-day studio plan. Now, you're not only going to receive 90 minutes of my time, but you're also going to receive the actual 90-day plan that I use in my business. Now, this session is specifically for performing arts studio owners, and I think this is going to really help you get clarity moving into 2023, set some real goals, 
and be able to actually achieve them. Now, I know that you probably already have some plans and strategies in place and you probably went through last year with, you know, goal setting and all of those things as well. And you may have had what you thought was a solid plan, but chances are that those goals and plans got pushed to the you know, the wayside. I bet you had great intentions. However, time got the better of you and that dedication you initially placed in goal setting somehow became rushed or maybe, you know, it got bypassed somehow and those work tasks became ongoing and your dreams became pushed aside and somehow your priorities got lost. And I totally get it. I totally, totally get it. It happens to the best of us. What I do know is that planning every 90 days like I do in my business helps me get ahead and I want that for you too. So I'm holding this session, like I said, online. It's only $47, which is such great value. You're going to be workshopping that 90-day plan, that template that I'm going to give you. You're going to workshop that with me live in a call and we're going to go through that. Now that's happening, like I said, on January 24th, 2023, but also it's being recorded. I encourage live attendance, but if you can't be there live, grab it anyway, get the template resource and get the replay of how we work through that template. So you really understand how you can apply that specifically to your studio business. Now, if you want to book in for that, I recommend jumping in now, head to josephinelancuba.com forward slash 90 day plan, link in the show notes. Here we go in today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of Business Arts and All That Jazz. Today, I am talking about what rate to pay your teachers and staff and when is it too much? Now, there are different ways that people can be employed in a studio environment, so we know this, but let's talk about that in case this could be a point of a confusion for you. Um, now, I am in Sydney, Australia, and each state, region, territory, and country has their own rules. So I'm not going to be talking about tax implications, um, superannuation, or 401k, or any of that stuff. I'm not going to talk about any of that stuff because They are conversations that you need to have with your accountant. But what I am going to talk about is rates of pay, how to decide how to employ someone and what rate of pay is going to work for you and your business. Now, we know that it must meet legal requirements. So we can't just say, oh, well, I can only afford to pay someone $10 an hour. So that's all I'm going to give them. Well, that may not be legal. (laughs) Uh, So you can't do that. So we want to operate in a way that is with integrity. We want to operate in a way that is legal and we want to operate in a way that is fair and reasonable, but also in a way that isn't going to be a detriment to your business. Now, I've seen this many times and like I said in the intro, you know, we see time and time again that especially young go-getters, they're graduating full-time colleges, full-time dance college, full-time drama school, whatever it is, and they're coming in at a really high price. Now, here's the thing, and this is something that I am very clear with um, when I talk about employment, when it comes to team 
and teachers. Let's start with teachers because this is where you tend to see it a lot when people are coming in at really high rates, like they're coming in at $80 an hour, $90 an hour, all of that. The thing is they may be a brilliant performer, a brilliant technician and a brilliant dancer or whatever, a brilliant singer, a brilliant brilliant actor. They might be these things. The thing, though, is are they a good teacher? Now, sometimes you have people that come in that are brilliant, brilliant at the craft and the art form. As performers, they are absolutely stunning. They're amazing. They're dynamic. But they're just not passionate about teaching. And for them, it's a means to an end. So you might get someone through the door that says, oh, look, I'm just waiting for an opportunity to arise. Once it does, I'm out of here. They might believe in the saying, those who can't do teach, and that's absolute rubbish. But for some people, they're going to really have that mindset. Those are the people you don't want. They could be brilliant, but that's not someone you want. You might bring them in for a once-off workshop, but they're not someone you want ongoing in the team. Because, first of all, they are not in line potentially with your values. They're not in line with your core beliefs around the importance of teaching and education and mentorship. And they're really just there for a paycheck. That's never going to work. I've been there. I've done that. I've had people on the team that have been absolutely amazing in their professional world as performers. But when it comes to the classroom, They might not want to work with kids, for example. So sometimes they're great with adults, but when it comes to kids, they're just not into it. They don't want to do it. Now, obviously, times have changed from when I started my studio, like, um, you know, eight plus years ago. Things have definitely evolved and changed since then. And now I have processes in place to eliminate that, um, including when I'm hiring. I don't even talk to someone until they've watched my video, uh, which is a... Um, three-minute video where I introduce myself, the company, what I'm looking for, and I talk about the values. And I say, if you're seeing this as a side gig or you're waiting for a performance opportunity and you are looking to move on as soon as that arises, then this job isn't for you. I have that in my intro. Um, Whereas I say, if you would like to progress to interview stage or whatever, then reply to this email with, yes, I'm ready to move forward. So I'll know, number one, did they watch the video all the way through because they're going to reply with what I said to reply with or they're not going to reply at all because they're not interested or they're going to be scared off because I've just said I'm not looking for someone who's looking to jump on a cruise ship um, contract next week if it arises. It's not what I'm looking for. So just be honest and upfront. Um, Obviously, depending where you are in the world, sometimes more regional or country towns might find it more difficult to hire. So you may have to come up with some different strategies to um, incentivize teachers to work with you. But generally speaking, um, if 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 they're not passionate about it, you don't want it. If they're not experienced, this is the other bit. So they'll come in and say, I want $80 an hour. I want $70 an hour. I want $100 an hour. Sometimes they'll come in and say, I want $120 an hour. Great. Tell me about your experience. Oh, I just graduated full-time college. Okay, cool. Where have you taught? Oh, I taught for three months at a, a school as an assistant teacher. Okay. So what warrants that 
charge. You have to decide that for yourself. Now, obviously, every country, state, region, territory, country, wherever, I think I said country twice, wherever you're from, you're going to have a different standard. So for me, when I, for example, um, in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia, we have an award. So an award is a minimum pay rate that you can give to someone. It's like your minimum wage, right? And the award is the category for that wage. So for example, you know, you might be in the hospitality category. You might be in, I don't know, what's another category? (laughs) Uh, uh, Media, journalism, whatever. So there are different award categories for different jobs types, right? And they have descriptions under them and the, the jobs, the typical role that you would play and the minimum wage you can get for that particular job and role. Now, in my organization, in my studio business, I pay people under the fitness industry award. That's because there is no award in my state for the perform, perform, performing arts education. So I was advised by Fair Work and, you know, all the government entities that look after this sort of topic of employment that that is the award to pay. Now, that particular award um, isn't huge. It's like, you know, it, can, it ranges from about 20 something dollars an hour to 30 something, high 30 something dollars an hour. Now, just because there is an award doesn't mean you can't pay above award rates, but a good place to start if you want someone to be an employee and not a contractor, we'll talk about that in a sec is to look at the minimum award rate for the um, for your state and what is it? Make sure you've got the right award. There's also a live performance award in New South Wales, um, but that is specifically for performers, so I don't pay that. It's a bit higher, but it's literally for performance work, like as in you're a dancer in a company or you're a model in a photo shoot or whatever. So that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about arts education. And like I said, it's not even, it's so ridiculous. It's not even recognized as a category. How ridiculous is that? But anyway, we don't want to go there. We already know that we're an undervalued um, part of the job market, even though there's millions of us, that doesn't matter. So uh, we have to follow the fitness industry award. I suppose you could call movement and dance fitness industry, meh, sort of. So, um, so yeah, so that's what I do. Now, when people come in with no experience, but they've graduated at college or they've got lots of training years and maybe they've taught a few preschool classes, but they're not, but they're young, they're like 18, 19 years old, they've really not got much experience. I'm willing to train them and develop them, but they will come in at the award. So whatever the minimum award rate is for the category and level that they're at, I will pay them. And that means that sometimes some of my teachers are on 20 something to 30 something dollars an hour. Now, that is the way it goes. And that's fair and reasonable because they're coming in without that experience or they're coming in with minimal experience as a teacher. And again, we're not talking about training and we're not talking about performance. Now, some people will demand a higher rate. These are people that are seasoned professional educators, okay? They will demand a higher rate. 
because they are in demand. These types of people you may decide to pay more too. Now, there is no limit to what you will pay them. Some industry standards here in my state are anywhere from $40 an hour to $60 an hour. Then you'll get more premiums like 70 and 80 and 90. The thing is though, you you have to look and see is that is that affordable to your business? So just because someone demands it doesn't mean that you have the budget to offer it and you should never hire in desperation. Really, you shouldn't. Now, I understand there are limitations in regional towns and country towns. Now, in those cases, that person may be in high demand. And this is what I talk about. This is supply and demand. It's simple. In Sydney, there's there's thousands of people that want to work in this industry. There's opportunity and we we can be a little bit more negotiable with that rate. Um, but again, we're offering value as an employee. They're not a contractor, so we pay superannuation on top of that. Um, there's benefits like they get Christmas, they get you know Christmas parties, they have you know paid training days, they get lots of hours during our show season. I try to book them for multiple hours in a row too, so they're not coming in for twenty something dollars for one hour. By the way, we have a minimum call out fee of two hours, so I do a minimum call out fee of two hour rate. So they don't get paid less than that when they're on site. That's another thing to consider as well. So that even if it is only, you know, maybe that 20 something dollars an hour or $30 an hour or $35 an hour, um, that there is a minimum call because that needs to be fair and reasonable. It may be that you negotiate that you pay for their train fare. These are all things that are possible. Okay. Depending on the rate. So don't rule that out. You want to look after your team, but you also need to be fair and reasonable to your business as well because it's a two-way street. Now, we are in a different market. We They are saying it's more of an employee's market than a hirer's market, and that may be the case. So there may be a little bit more demand for particular staff members, which means you may need to look at the rates. But again, it has to be affordable to you. So let's say they're coming in at $80 an hour. They're saying, I've just, I, I, I want $80 an hour. Now they might be very experienced and they should be paid $80 an hour because that's, you know, what their rate is. Let's just imagine that for a moment. Can you afford $80 an hour? Maybe you need someone less experienced who you can train. It could be a senior student that you want you know, build your legacy, have that senior student move on to becoming a teacher in your business at a lesser rate. But again, you're providing that training and uh, and that value to them as well. You may pay for them to go and do a course, you might, whatever, but it still would work out better in the long run to have that employee versus someone that's coming in more experienced at a higher rate. Like for me, I specialize in musical theater, but I I am not in the marketplace to hire a um, musical, um, let's say a musical director at their full rate. Just not in the marketplace, not that sort of a business. We look at training team up into that role. Okay. So they get that value because they get director credits. They get all of that stuff. Great for the CV for the future. 
they get the experience, they get the joy of doing something more challenging um, and something, you know, that is more creative. Um, We train them, we provide them with the resources, the skills and the knowledge. And so for them, it's a wonderful opportunity. They get to learn and grow their skills and that's a win-win for us. Uh, And they also are a part of our culture more because they're they're coming through a development process with our team. So they stay with us for longer and they're enjoying the process and it just provides a really warm environment in our team as well. So the bottom line, it's bottom line, it's it's numbers, right? So if someone wants, let's say, $50 an hour um, and you can only afford to pay $30 and that's within legal requirements, uh, you might say, okay, how many, do the math, how many students are in this class? What are the overheads for this class? So let's say room hire is $40 an hour. The teacher is going to be $50 an hour. That's $90. We charge, I'm making it up, I don't know, $15 a class. Hopefully you charge more than that, but let's imagine that it's $15 a class. Then that's, what's that? 15, 30, to break even just for the teacher and the room hire, you'd need, I don't know, what is it, like six students in the room? Yeah, I think that's right. Let's just say that. Six students in the room, okay? Now, don't forget other overheads that you may not have considered like their superannuation. So add that on top. Okay, so you've got to add 10.5% or whatever it is in your town or territory. Let's say 10% just for the sake of ease. So now their rate is actually $55 an hour and the room is $40 an hour, so $95. So now you actually need six and a bit students to break even. Now, when I talk about room hire, even if you have your own commercial lease or mortgage or whatever, divide the monthly payment by how many hours of usable space, like how many hours of operation and and make that your hourly rate in your mind just for your own self so that you know that they are still covering that portion. Every time that room is used, you're covering the mortgage, you're covering that commercial lease. It's still proportionate. Treat it like an hourly rate. You must do this as an exercise. Don't think just because you don't hire by the hour doesn't mean you shouldn't consider it. You should. It is a cost and it needs to be considered. Okay? So I want to make that very clear. So think about those overheads. In that case, you need to also think about your electricity. You see where I'm going with this? Okay. It's $5 electricity for that hour. Imagine that. So now we're not at $95 now, we're at $100 an hour. Okay, now we definitely need seven people in the room. We need seven people in the room at $15 an hour to cover the rate before you have even made $1. All right? These are the things we need to think about. GST. Oh, now you need eight people in the room. Okay? And for those that aren't from Australia, it's good services tax. You may have your own national taxes, whatever. So right now we need, what is it? I think we're up to eight people in a room just to cover the cost for a teacher at $50 initial rate an hour. 
See where I'm going with this? Now, here's the thing. You could increase. So once you know that, here's the thing. If you want that teacher and that is very important to you and you need to pay that rate or that's just the way it is in your town, you need to increase your prices. You either need to negotiate a lower rate with the teacher or you need to increase your prices. It's, it's, it's just the way it is. Now, if you're not breaking even in your class, you need to reconsider if this class is worth it or if you've just hired the wrong person. Because if that person is $100 an hour and you've only got five people in the room at $15 an hour plus all the other overheads that are possible, then you need to think about that because you're not breaking even. It's not worth it. You need to, at a bare minimum, when you start something new, you want to break even and then the, the, the goal is to make it turn into profit. If it's running for three to six months at a break even, you need to let it go. That's what, I, what I've done recently as well. We had some sites um, running at m- minimal profit, like as in I had to weigh up the effort versus the profit. And I said, right, is that worth me making $50 a week, all this effort for that particular program in profit? No, it's not. Especially when teams started increasing their rates, we went into a bit of a, we were in a problematic phase. So that's when I went, right, everything's increased from rental fee because of, you know, post-COVID, that's just the way it went. Okay, rental fees increased, teaching fees have increased, um, superannuation rates have increased, everything's increased, inflation, right? So that's just not going to work for me. There's only so far I, could, I knew how far I could push my clients in this particular economic market with inflation and I felt that we were already near the top end of pricing and I couldn't push it more right now so I had to let that go and I've also had to let some team go as well that didn't quite fit or it could be reducing hours or whatever. So you need to work that out. The goal here is don't feel pressured into hiring someone out of desperation. That's number one. We mentioned that before. Do not feel pressured, right? Quick to fire, slow to hire. That's what they say. Number two, make sure you've done your numbers and that you know what your overheads are as well so that when you are actually pricing up if you can afford that teacher's rate, whatever the rate may be, that you know that it's within budget and that it's something that you can actually afford to do. And if you cannot afford that experience level person, then you need to look at other ideas, train people up and, and think of other ways to reduce the cost. Remembering though that training takes time too, so weigh it all up. Energy versus money. But if you're going to be in the red because of someone that's overpriced for your particular program or market, then you've just got to recognize that, okay, and come up with a new strategy. The next point I made is you can follow a minimum award wage or maybe slightly above that so that they know, right, you're a level six on this award and I'm going to pay you a little bit extra. So they feel actually good about that because they know I'm getting a couple of bucks above ward. I'm being valued. They can see that. Whatever you can afford, you can you can follow the award system, or you can abandon that completely, and they cannot be an employee, and you can pay them as a contractor. But the thing with being a contractor is 
if they're wearing your uniform, if they're scheduled for the same time every week consecutively all year round, um, if they are taking direction from you, training from you, are required to do um, particular training events, blah, 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 then they may actually not be a contractor and they may be an employee. Now, that is something you need to discuss with, you know, your the organisation in your state that actually um, knows about employment rules, wages and how to employ people correctly. But for us in New South Wales, it's pretty clear that once they're basically a member of your team in every way, shape and form, they're not an employee. They're not, sorry, they're not a contractor anymore. They're an employee. And so you need to pay them as an employee. The thing is, though, here in Sydney, you now in New South Wales, rather, you now need to pay superannuation for contractors anyway from $0 upwards. So what's the difference? I mean, to me, it's easier for them just to be an employee. There's some initial paperwork that you got to get through. And again, you can pay them above award. So they'll be on an award, but that doesn't mean you can't pay them more. Of course you can. No one ever says don't pay people more. It's just don't pay them under the award. And even if they're a contractor, I would not pay them below the award rate. So make sure you're across that because I just think that's not, that's not right. You know, you want to still make sure that they're being paid above minimum wage in your country or state, wherever you're from. Um, so that's general rules of thumb. Okay. I, I hope that's helped you. I'm not telling. So, so I hope this hasn't been confusing in the sense of, you know, don't, uh, that I've given you exactly what to people. I was never going to walk into this, um, chat or this podcast episode with what exactly to pay people. Once they've been with you for a year, you must pay them X amount of dollars. Once they've been with you for X amount. No, none of that. You have to follow what's right for you too. If you know that that you're in a really sticky position and you've got someone fabulous standing in front of you and they are going to bring in the crowd, retain the crowd, and there is value in that person, then you may reward that value. That may be a good hire. So I'm not saying don't pay high rates. What I'm saying is, does it work for your business? Is it essential? Sometimes the best dancer, for example, is not the best teacher, but sometimes the best teacher is not the best dancer. You may find that someone has good movement skills and is fabulous with preschoolers. They're fabulous with children and they are more deserving of the role than the other person. Just because they can do, you know, 20 pirouettes in a row means nothing in a preschool class. Like, Preschools are not doing grand jetés, you know. Maybe they are in your space. They're not in mine. So, you know, does it matter if they're not at that skill level? Like you've got to weigh it up. It's It's got to be about people first. Skills are important for advanced content for, you know, potentially your seniors even, whatever. It depends if they're recreational, competition standard, whatever. But it's not the end of the world to have someone at a slightly lesser movement standard or technical standard who is a better teacher that is going to keep your students engaged, keep them for longer, but also they're probably going to get more out of them anyway as a student because the teacher is more engaged in the process and is better at, you know, sharing knowledge, mentoring and demonstrating, you know, the content of which they're teaching. 
So sometimes that's important too. You got to weigh it up. But yeah, for me personally, we pay um, fitness industry award. Sometimes we go slightly above depending on the experience. It can be age-based sometimes too. Like if we have someone um, who comes in as a 50-year-old teacher who's got, you know, 30 years of vocal experience, for example, and is a private singing teacher, we're going to evaluate that. The other point is I don't actually change my rates for private teaching versus group teaching. It's all the same. Whatever your rate is, your rate is. That's it. But what we do try to do is give people blocks of work. So we are mindful of that. And I do have a minimum to our call out because I think that's fair. But you can negotiate other things. Like I said, there can be value adds to the employment. Not everyone cares about money. I've had a staff member that wanted a title. I've had staff members that um, wanted acknowledgement. They wanted to be applauded on stage for their work after a show. It's all right. These things are great. If that's what they want, let's do it, you know, if that's what keeps them happy. Not everything is about money. Sometimes it's about training and development. People value um, growth. And if you're providing training every quarter or something where you're developing their skills or sending them to a master workshop, you know, every quarter or twice a year or whatever so that they can further their skills in their genre, they may value that. They'll go, wow, my boss is awesome. Like, you know, we get to do Christmas parties. I get a beautiful birthday gift sent to me every year. I get to go on training camps. We, they send, they pay for me to go to a masterclass with a great choreographer. This is stuff that people care about. You know, they acknowledge me. They award me on stage for my work. This is all part of the process. So not everything is money. Believe it or not, not everything is money. Even when they come in as a graduate from a full-time college and say, give me $100 an hour or I don't work for you. If you need to let them walk, let them walk. But sometimes you can say, you know what? Our business does not offer $100 an hour. I can offer you $40 an hour, but here's what you're going to get. You're going to get superannuation. You're going to get training. We do an annual Christmas party. We provide birthday gifts. You'll get a Christmas bonus at the end of the year. You're also going to be sent on a paid training masterclass. We do paid um, training sessions, by the way, where you get paid to be part of our training sessions. We pay you to be on site at our concerts for the time you're on site. By the way, guys, anyone that's got their staff volunteering for events, concerts, or steadbids and whatnot, you need to reevaluate that. You really do, unless they're in a contract arrangement or a contractor. If and that's part of your contract and it's a set price, okay, maybe you do like a flat choreography fee for an Estedford, and that their obligations are to provide X amount of rehearsal time, be at the event XYZ. That's totally different. Make sure it's in writing though. Don't just rely on the conversation. It's got to be in writing if that is the terms of your agreement with your contractor. Make sure it's legit and you're allowed to do that. But if it's an employee, if they're on site, they got to be paid. Simple. That's it. Those are the rules. The rules are ever-changing, but make sure you're on top of it. Speak to your accountant. Make sure you know when the increases to minimum wage happen. They happen here in New South Wales, like annually, whatever, and sometimes they randomly update. So you need to be across that because you don't want to be caught out a year later back paying thousands of dollars in employee um, payments because you you didn't intentionally stuff up, but you stuffed up, you know, like 
you said, oh, they were meant to be on $32 an hour and instead you were still paying the old rate of $31.10. So that $0.90 may not seem a lot, but imagine $0.90 across 10 teachers and all that. Now, the same applies here before I wrap up. The same applies here to your admin staff. Again, what can you afford to pay? Make sure you've got them on the right award. Um, Fitness Industry Award does actually cover some administration. So if you've got teachers that do administration and you're in New South Wales, that can actually cover some of the administrative tasks, by the way. So that's not a bad award to have as a blanket for some of your stuff. But again, check it out. Don't take my word for it. Make sure it fits your criteria and check the description. So that's something that we do here. But if you're just solely hiring someone under the um, award for being an administrative person, accounts or clerk or whatever, then you need to check what that is. Um, They may be a contractor. They may also be an employee. Again, it's the same rules apply. Just because they're demanding a certain rate doesn't mean you can afford it. Just because they say they need this many hours a week, it may be they're not the right fit. If you can only afford to employ someone for 15 hours a week in admin, but they need 30, they're not the right fit. Okay, but you you can't satisfy them. You won't satisfy them. And if you do satisfy them, it'll be at the detriment to your bottom line and your pocket. And you can't have that. So I would say let it go, let them go and find the right person. Okay, because they may not be the right fit for you, which is hard. I know because sometimes people are so amazing. You just really want them. But everyone's replaceable, even us as the business owners are replaceable. I know that's hard to believe, but we are, you know, like everyone is, there's always someone out there. It may take some time, but that's when your planning comes into play. So guys, I want to remind you, um, I would love to remind you about my 90 day planning, um, my 90 day planning workshop that I'm doing specifically for studio owners. Now this is happening Later in this January, it is being recorded. You will receive my 90-day plan template. I'd love you to be there. Check it out um, because we actually cover in the template, and this is really important, and we cover in our planning session, and you're with me on a call, by the way, um, we cover the goals for your team as well. So it's not just about you. And what your dreams are, it's about, okay, so how are we going to facilitate this amongst the team? It could be that you need a new hire. It could be that you need to reduce a hire. It could be, hey, I've got, I'm going to save this much budget to have a new teacher on board, whatever. So this is a really good way for you to strategize the next 90 days in your business and have a plan in place. Okay. All right, guys, if you're interested in my 90-day planning workshop, check it out. That's josephinelancuba.com forward slash 90-day plan, and I'll pop the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And again, it all depends. Don't listen to everyone else when it comes to rates of pay. My answer to that is how much do we pay that staff member? Well, it depends, okay? Make sure you know your numbers. Make sure you know what your break-even point is. Make sure that they are a suitable person for your service and that it's aligned with you and your culture. Okay, that's it. All right. Have the best day. All right. See you next week. Bye. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. 
If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World. And you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.